Okay, I'm sorry. Organic Poison, Sickest in the South, episode something, I'm not really sure. I think this is actually episode 26. Um, Shooting from the hip once again today. Uh, This is a spontaneous episode that I did not take notes for. I should actually have another episode come Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, I'm not sure. But nonetheless, we got this episode right here popping off. Um, today I have a, a guest, and he is a, a recently become a pretty good friend of mine. Um, we get together occasionally during the pandemic. We have gotten together a couple of times and watched some UFC. And uh, one time we went to a bar together. But nonetheless, I've known him. He's one of my friends that I've met via the internet. Here in Hattiesburg, he's friends with a couple of other people that I'm friends with. Nonetheless, without further ado, Drew, say hello. Tell him what's up. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, <laughs> I'm a little, uh, little mic shy, but you know, it's my first time doing a podcast. But yeah, like, um, like Shane said, you know, we've recently become good friends. This is a spontaneous thing. We're just gonna be shooting from the hip today. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. Nonetheless, uh. We actually were going to watch a UFC fight tonight, but uh, we didn't. <laughs> well, I think like almost half of the fighters dropped out. I don't think I don't know if they dropped out for COVID reasons or whatnot, but it got cut down to seven fights. So, needless to say, we're not watching that fight. We might watch the last fight or the last two when this podcast is over with, but uh, we don't really care about it right now. So, rather than uh, wasting a whole trip out here into the middle of nowhere, why not uh, do a podcast? Uh, you know, I, while we're on the topic of UFC, um, have you ever get the, you ever watched the Contender Series? I, I haven't. I mean, I've seen like clips from it yeah, and everything, I, but I've never sat down and like, watched a whole... I, I, I don't keep up with it. Uh, I, I don't even... The thing that sucks, one thing that does suck about UFC is like, and maybe you could call me a casual... You know, that whatever they call it, like, oh, you're just a casual, like people who casually watch it. I mean, I, I like to think I'm fairly invested, but I'm probably fairly invested into the top ten in each weight class. You know, like, because when it comes to, like, people who are, like, down there, like, I don't I don't really get the chance to keep up with them. Unless it's somebody like, say, Sugar Sean or somebody like, somebody who makes a name for themselves early and you kind of get to watch them. You know, or if you happen to watch a fight, you know, if you're if you watch a full card, you know, with prelims and all, and you see a really exciting fight, like it kind of that kind of makes you feel connected with a fighter if you care. You know, like if you find yourself caring. What do you What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like yeah, like I'm with you. Like I'm pretty invested in UFC, but like some of those, I mean, quote unquote, no name guys. Like I find it harder to pay attention to their fights because the build up and the drama and everything isn't there. Uh, well, there's just it. so many. There's yeah. so many fighters. I don't get me wrong. It's like, you know, if I'm watching a fight night, like, I'll start out, I mean, not a pay-per-view, just like a regular UFC free fight night. Right, like tonight was yeah, supposed like to be. Yeah, like tonight. Like, and I don't know who the guys are. It's like, you know, I'll start out watching the fight, but the next thing, you know, playing on my phone, I'm doing something else. Yeah. And I've missed all the action, and it's just like out of habit because 
I don't know who these guys are, and I'm not as invested. Right, you know? right. I think if, if I happen to do have to do uh, or you know do like DraftKings or something, it's like if I put money on it and you have to you know bet on like pick different people, I'll be more inclined to watch and pay more attention to hoping my guy, will, my guy or girl will win. But I mean, if they if they do or they don't, the only reason I care if they win is because I picked them. And you have to pick those those lower name fighters when it comes to something like that, because you have to pick like six fighters or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of kind of the same with like basketball or football. Right. Like you know, you pick those like lower name guys and just hope they have the night of their life. <laughs> yeah. See, and for me, a lot of times if it's basketball or even when we were doing football. Which when I was when I got DraftKings it was playoff time for the foot for football so I mean I was pretty much watching those games anyway just because football is different than basketball so like each series in playoff season or I mean even in the regular season uh, it's like in the regular season it's like you know Jesus like you pick players but it's like man I don't know I'm not, I don't know who plays for Utah Jazz you know it's like I I, I like basketball but I, I I'm been on record saying that I really don't start watching it until after the All-Star break. You know, like, and this year, obviously, there was no... I mean, the All-Star break lasted, like, four months. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't an All-Star break. It was um, Rudy Gobert break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, but nonetheless, I, and, but it's like when, when that was going on in the regular season and I was trying to do DraftKings with basketball, it was horrible. Like, I don't know who any of these players were. I, think I'm, I don't think I won any money betting on basketball. You ever, like, looked at some of those, like, lineup generators online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never I never have utilized one. <laughs> like, I, I used to use a free one, like, almost every Sunday. I mean... And like, I, and like I, would, I would make a little chump change off of those, like, pre, uh, pre-generated lineups, but there'd always be that one guy with the one player I've never heard of that just shoots him up above yeah. the moon. Yeah, it's like, how did you... It's like, I feel like that's what a lot of people do with Luka. Because it's like, I didn't even know who Luca was until the playoffs this year. Which, mind you, I mean, this was a crazy year. I was worried about a lot of stuff other than basketball. And, I mean, half the time they weren't even playing basketball when they were supposed to be. But uh, but apparently Luca's been been grinding for a while. He's become came from a different country, and he came here and started playing. I, I don't even know what his last name is. Luca his last name or his first name? Um, it's Luca Doncic, I think. Uh, Doncic, something like yeah. that. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> Uh, he's apparently the shit though. So, but since we're since we're on the topic of basketball, and you happen to be a Rockets fan, uh, how are you feeling right now since the Lakers lost last night? To... Uh, I'm feeling cautiously optimistic. That is the best way I can put that. Like I mean, I'm extremely happy about that win, but I don't want this to turn into a Portland Trailblazer situation. Yeah, yeah, no where, shit. where like I'm trash talking everybody, and then I'm looking dumb like five days later. Man, I, I, just to rewind a little bit, the when the Blazers beat the Lakers in the first game, people like I'm talking about this was like the, the you would have thought that this was the fucking exilization of LeBron James. Like do, people were saying, you cannot ever say that this man is the same caliber of player as Michael Jordan. Mind you, I still live under the belief that they are two completely different players, but both godlike basketball players. Nonetheless, how the hell, after one game, you got to win four games to win the series. The Blazers won the first game, and then everybody, I'm talking about, it was the crucifixion of LeBron James. And then the Lakers came back and won four straight. 
four games in a row to what they smashed out on the Blazers. And to Drew's point, he doesn't want to talk shit because, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm hoping I hope the the Rockets pull it off because it'll be great. That I think that's that'll be like the furthest they've made it in a long time. For yeah, sure. and I, like I, I would love like nothing more to see Harden get his first ring. You know, man, that would be that would be incredible. I mean, and that would be Westbrook's first ring too, huh? I think so. Yeah, I mean, uh, I want to say like don't get me wrong, my basketball history isn't that great. Because I haven't been a basketball fan for super long, to be sure, honest. Sure, sure. But, like, I want to say Harden and Westbrook and Kevin Durant went to the finals when they were with OKC, but lost. Yeah. That might have been. Was that the year that uh, Kevin Durant, like, cried because of his mom or something? Uh, they made, like, memes and stuff about it. I, I don't know. I don't remember. That's how I found out who Kevin Durant was because I wasn't just a diehard into uh, basketball at the time. Right. But uh, that would have been the year before the Warriors went the first time. And yeah. they started their regime of terror on the uh, <laughs> on the NBA, but uh, yeah. So nonetheless, ready for football to come back. Football is coming soon. Yeah. Uh, if if football lasts, you know, if, like the whole teams don't get COVID like first yeah, week. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're gonna I don't think it's gonna happen. I, I really don't. I think that if they do, they're gonna lie. Probably. I think they're so. gonna just be like, no, like, we did it so well. Cause like I don't. I don't trust Roger Goodell to tell the truth for anything. Because it's like, you look at, like, the NBA, like, the reason they're doing so good with COVID is they've got the bubble going on, and they've pretty much got their own little COVID-free living quarters over there. Right. Um, it's like a compound. But then it's like, compare that to the way MLB's been doing things. Like, they're, uh, like their players are going home and coming back. They're on the verge of having to shut down because whole teams are getting it yeah so it's like i I worry the same thing might happen with the nfl because they're not putting them in a bubble yeah they're actually allowing fans into games yeah 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 i mean there's there's definitely a concern there but it makes you wonder like i mean they're gonna have to find another way to deal with it though if they do decide to be honest they're gonna have to find another way to deal with it because of the fact that i mean i i think that they will i don't know that they should it's not my place to say whether they should find another way to deal with it or not. But, I mean, the economy in these cities where they have these football... I mean, football brings in way bigger revenue than any of the other ones. NFL football, particularly. And it's not just to the franchises, it's to the cities in with, in which the franchises reside. It's like, there's so many people that come to these cities for these games... There's so much money being spent. Like, if you get rid of football season, like, I mean, when I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings, which is in Mississippi, it's like the the Buffalo Wild Wings, the only reason that they are able to stay open is because of how much fucking money they make during football season. Like, I mean, I'm sure in bigger cities when you have things like, you know, obviously basketball teams, but like uh, baseball teams and stuff like that, I'm sure that that's a big time for people to go to – Buffalo Wild Wings. But when you've got four nights out of the week packed houses because of football, you know, like, with the exception of maybe if, like, the Redskins are playing the fucking Dolphins, like, you probably might not have a packed out house that night, but... Correction, it's, it's the Washington football team. Mm. <laughs> My bad, thank you. I forgot that they changed their name. I wonder if they're planning on uh, picking a name before the season starts. I don't know. Seems like a lot of, um... It would be interesting to see them just go as the Washington football team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cause I mean, I I don't even know. Season starts in like a week, I think. Yeah, that's crazy, man. 
It's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm excited to see the Saints play, though. I'm excited to see the Saints play uh, Tampa. Yeah, Tampa's going to be an interesting team. Dude, it's either going to be a massive flop or it's going to be, like, life-changing. I think that it, it's going to answer the question we've had for a while. About, about um, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady Belichick? Tom Brady and Belichick. You know, we're going to see, like, you know. Don't get me wrong. Like, Tom Brady is a legend, and I'm sure. not disrespecting the book. We're going to see how much of his success that he owes to Belichick. Yeah, how much is accredited to the coaching and the actual team itself. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm very curious. See, I saw, I saw a meme yesterday I thought was pretty funny. It was uh, Kevin Durant in a Tampa Bay uh, yeah, outfit <laughs> and it's kind of fucked up but it was funny because I mean they were obviously trying to take a shot at him because they're saying oh well, he's going to the team that's most expected to win you know yeah. one of those kind of things but uh but it was pretty funny because I mean you what what wouldn't surprise you at this point or what would surprise you Gronk came out of retirement to go play for Tampa Bay right I mean <laughs> to go play with Tom Brady at Tampa Bay and then you've got Cam Newton heading to the Patriots. Yeah, and, you know, that's going to be exciting because everybody, had they've been making a point to say that he is, you know, like he is dedicated. And, you know, if he, if he if he fails at, uh, at in New England, then it's not going to be due to lack of effort, for sure. You know, like apparently he has been more focused on the game. And he, and like, he looks like he's gotten in really good shape, too, like from what I've seen. Dude, I don't know. I used to hate Cam Newton. Like, I hated on him when he was in Auburn. I hated on him when he was in North Carolina. Or, excuse me, Carolina. I don't know why I always say North Carolina Panthers. But I hated on him when he was in Carolina, especially because of how damn good his first season was. Like, he had a fucking... Was it his first season or his second season? Which one did they... uh, Did they go to the Super Bowl? Or did they get close to the Super Bowl? I think they went to the Super Bowl and lost. Yeah, I think they lost to the Broncos, I think. Was it the Broncos? I can't remember. But they did go, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, they lost to Peyton Manning. Yeah, Peyton yeah. Manning. And it was Peyton Manning's first year with the Broncos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. And that was his, he got his second ring. Yeah. I remember that now. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that was the case. But uh, but he, since then, I've gotten to the point now where it's like, especially since he's kind of, he's had like a downward slant, and it kind of was like he hit rock bottom. And it, he doesn't seem like just a, an entirely shitty dude. But it's almost like he's been humbled. And I kind of feel for him. So I hope that he has at least a good season at in New England. And, uh, I think I think he will. And um, I'm interested to see like the coach-player dynamic between Bill Belichick and him. Yeah, it'll... I mean, fuck, dude. I mean, me and you were children when, Tom, when Belichick got Tom Brady. So it'll be interesting to see the development and see actually see what Belichick can do with a different quarterback. I mean, obviously Garoppolo did good enough once he left, you know, and went and played uh, in San Francisco. So clearly he learned something from that team and that organization. So hopefully maybe Cam Newton, since he's, I guess he's intended to be their starter. I mean. Yeah, he was just named starting quarterback. Like, oh, okay. Officially, I think. Friday, Thursday, something. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, for their sake, they'll do something. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I want the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl, but I'm just saying I do hope that they at least have a good year. And more power to them if they do go to the Super Bowl. They're going to lose to the Saints. Yeah, bitch. No. One more year, Drew. <laughs> uh, I think it's a I think it's a green and yellow Super Bowl this year. I can respect that. 
I don't think that, but I respect that. <laughs> I think because I mean, did they just put Aaron Rodgers second string, or is he going to start? Oh no, he's still starting. <laughs> yeah, is he still starting? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I hope he gets out there because they say that this might be his last year. Well, he said he said he intends to play into his forties. Um, there is concern with like the drifting of um, Jordan Love that they might kind of inch him out the door. Yeah. Like ship him off somewhere else to start Jordan Love. Yeah. But I mean, he is such a bitter dude. I mean, understandably so. But like he's he's vocalized being bitter about like. Which I, I guess him and the coach don't get along very well either. Well, the they're a new coach. So yeah. They have a pretty good relationship. But. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, whoever the coach was, apparently they did not get along very well. And, I, and you know, not to be a, not not to ride Aaron Rodgers' jockstrap, but I, I see why in a lot of aspects. I mean, he's a veteran, dude. I mean, he's a he's a very, well established, very. I mean, borderline goat status. He the only thing he's missing is the accolades, man. Like he's he's been with that team through several changes too. Like I, I admire him. He's one of my top five, like of this generation for That's sure. Like, and, and he and, is the one of the top five, even if it's not in my top five. And and I say this as a Packers fan. I just like I don't feel like like outside of the year they won the Super Bowl. It's like they never really surrounded him with much talent. That's true. I mean, that's something that a lot of people have said too. I mean, like, he pretty much single-handedly, like, carried that team for, like, the past ten years. Yeah, that's crazy. So, like, the past two years is, like, first time we've actually had a real running game and somewhat of a semblance of a defense since 2010. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. I mean, Eddie Lacy was pretty good. I mean, they had him. He was good. He doesn't play for them no more, does he? Does he even still play? No, he, like, he got really overweight and couldn't play football anymore. No shit. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, like, not to roast him, because I'm in by no means the best shape myself, but it's like, like, he really just, you know, like, they told him to stop gaining weight. And he just got, like, <laughs> like, he just got really big and unathletic and, like, is no longer in the league. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I mean, I just think, I say that's crazy mainly because it's like, well, dude, you've got one job. Well, see, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's not I'm not saying it's an easy job. I'm just saying it's like, hey, look, bro. One of your main things is to stay fucking fit for football. But I just, like, I just feel like you know, if you're playing football like that, like you're at training camp every day, I would think that you would stay in somewhat of yeah. decent shape. No shit. I mean, I know a lot of those guys. They eat because they're burning calories and they're putting on muscle and stuff like that. But like, fuck, dude. Like, how much are you eating if you're working out and having to do stuff every day? <laughs> I mean, he wasn't that he wasn't that bad of a player whenever he was, you know, I guess in his prime. I mean, like he was a big dude, but it's like that gave him an advantage. Running gang, you know, people couldn't. Oh my God, dude! Before we get too deep, Leonard Fournette, where did he go? He went to Tampa. Tampa. He went to Tampa. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm very pissed about that. <laughs> I'm very pissed about that because I had Leonard Fournette on my fantasy team. When the Jaguars cut him, I said, well, you know, nobody needs a running back, so I'm dropping him off of my fantasy team. I'm getting some. Oh, dude, I was just about to say, well, you're good to go then. No, I dropped him. <laughs> like, I dropped him. The next day, here comes Tampa Bay recruiting Damn. another super team member. Dude, he is going to be a fucking all-star this year. I mean, I say that, hopefully. Uh-huh. I like Fournette because he came from LSU, but, Ow. I mean, he did. He only could do so much. with. And, you know, what's crazy is the amount of shit that was coming out online. I can't believe we didn't. I forgot about that just a minute ago when we were talking about Tampa. But there was so much, so much bad press coming out about Tampa. 
as soon as like he they they he got sent or they picked him up or whatever at from Tampa, like they were like, man, the Jaguars are are they the worst franchise of all time? And it's like blah 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 all this other stuff. But I guess their main thing is like, how do you find a way to get rid of probably the best player on your team, which is understandable. I mean, I hope that that little weird mustache boy, the fucking quarterback. I hope he can do something because he seems like a pretty cool dude. Yeah. So yeah, he, he's actually um, Minshew. Yeah, you know he's actually from Brandon, Brandon Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah. No shit. I don't think I did know that. Yeah, I think he um played at one of the high schools up around that area. That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool though. Uh, don't really care about the Bengals, but that's where Joe Burrow went. Uh, but yeah, Green Bay. I don't know this this. If the, if it doesn't work out this year, I could definitely see them having to rebuild. Like they're gonna because it's like, what are they gonna do? They really don't have. Who do they have outside of Rodgers that's gonna make your uh, that's gonna that you have hope in? I mean, they've got Devontae Adams. You know, one, yeah. I'd say top five wide receiver in the league, well, top ten in very least. That's good. Top five in my world. Sure, but, sure. Um, T- top five if they can get it to him. Um, they've got a good running game. They've got um Aaron Jones did pretty good last year, his first year starting. See a lot of potential for him. I guess my main concern is like in our receiving. Because yeah. we don't really have any big name receivers outside of Devontae Adams. Right. Like nobody's really put in a lot of production. Which I mean you never know though. Like some of those yeah, it's some a of those first guys could, got a new season start, Like I mean, so. some of those other guys on the team I mean could step it up. You know, this could be their breakthrough year. Cause right. I mean, Devontae had a year early in his career. Everybody was calling to cut him because he was dropping passes, and now he's, you know, one of the top fantasy targets. Right, right. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to see Green Bay do something because they're, they're my second team. So, I mean, I, I hope that they do something good, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's like you, you, they get, they do very well every year, but it's like they just, they don't have what it takes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they don't. But I'm saying like they can't they can't pull it off in comparison to the rest of the NFC. Like there's guys that you know just seem to go a little bit harder every time. I just feel like it, it, it's frustrating like for us. I'm like I'm sure you know this as a Saints fan too. It's frustrating to be the team that almost gets there. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, I mean, but when it boils down to it, I mean, like, you, there can only be two. That get there. I, my thing is like you pretty much won if you ask me if you make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, winning the Super Bowl is great, but like maybe I just think like that though because I'm a Saints fan and we get so close. Or we've been getting so close throughout the past decade. We've gotten pretty close a hand way more times than any decade before. And it's like, that's kind of how I feel about being a Rockets fan too. Like we're the team that almost gets there. Yeah. <laughs> we're the team that almost gets there until Golden State knocks us out. The one thing that's different though about uh the one thing that's different about basketball and football is it's a lot more clear cut who the fucking winner is. Football, man. The Saints got robbed 2 years ago, dude. And anybody who denies that is sick in the head. We got robbed. That was a fucking, I guess, pass interference play or a late hit. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was pass interference. Yeah. And it was just fucked. And you know, and I also, but even that year, I did say, I did say that we shouldn't have been in that position. You know what I'm saying? Like we shouldn't have put ourselves to where we came down to that for us to win. Because if we would have played a better game throughout the entire game, because it happened at the end yeah, of the game. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah, to your point, like, I, I would agree that um, it was a bad call. 
But I, I do feel like you guys had a lot of opportunities to keep the right. situation yeah. we, from we, happening. We could, have, we could have, we had several chances throughout the and game. And then even, so. even after that, you know, the interception came up. Yeah. Yeah, so you, exactly. Kind of took the wind out of the sails. But I don't know. It's it's a, it's a bummer. But I'm hoping that this season will do some good. I don't know what to expect out of the Browns. That's for sure. Is uh, Baker Mayfield still with the Browns? Yeah, him and Odell. Oh man. But uh, in their defense, it's like, hey, we don't really have anything to lose. You know what I'm saying? It's like we don't. They don't have anything to lose as far right, as keeping them around and trying to work with them. Because I mean, I think I think Baker's actually a talented guy. I mean, I do too. I just and something that I and what the way that I the way that I was trying to defend him last year was, hey, the motherfucker, the amount of time that he has on average to get the ball out of his hands is little to nothing. You know what I'm saying? The line sucks. He has no one to protect him. I mean, he gets out of the pocket way too quickly too when he doesn't need to. But like, uh, but sometimes, most of the time, he has to get out of the pocket. And, and you know, I mean, I know what was that? Last year wasn't Baker's rookie year, was it? It was his no, second, it was second year. Okay, but you know, that brings me to a point about rookie quarterbacks. It's like I feel so bad for them because like their expectations now compared to you know, say. 10 years ago yeah so it's so different because i would say 10 years ago like you hardly ever see a rookie come in and be expected to start and bring all the glory immediately immediately like you know used to you know those guys would sit behind the starter for a couple years get a feel for the game and like you know now they're coming in as the starter and they've they've got expectations on their head immediately so you know well i think i think it has to do with the to be fair i think that what it has to do with a lot of uh, the veterans are starting to, you know, I say your your young years and my my generation of watching these players, your Drew Breeses, your fucking Tom Brady's, your Aaron Rodgers, you know, all those guys are on their way out. So it's like everybody's drafting quarterbacks now. Like they're drafting quarterbacks like crazy. So it's like, well, a lot of these shitty teams that don't get any, don't have any, uh, Peyton Manning was another one that, you know, but he was even the generation before me. But I'm just saying, like, the, all these guys are, like, trying to get the new the new wave of guys, like your Kyler Murray's and uh, fucking old boy just won the Super Bowl and signed the biggest fucking deal in the world. I think he's been playing for three or four years, but he's still early. In oh, his, uh, Patrick uh, Mahomes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think it was his second year. Yeah, well, there you go. You I, know, even still, like... I think. Uh, but, I mean, they did fucking excellent the year before, too, with him. So, it, to me, it's one of those kind of things where they're like, okay, now you got to show and prove, but it's like, unfortunately, they have such big shoes to fill. You know what I'm saying? Like... Russell Wilson's another one that has been around for a little while, and you know he's still here doing his thing. But it's like, it's like this is big shoes to fill to have to, you know, like, not necessarily for each individual team, but it's like you have a shitty team. Well, they use their first draft pick, and they've got all these other contracts that they have with these shitty players, and you use your first draft pick to get a Joe Burrow. You know what I'm saying? Or your first draft pick to get a uh, fucking Baker Mayfield. And it's like, okay, I might be a decent quarterback, but the, once it gets into game time outside of practice or outside of spring camp, like, I can't do shit because the fucking defenses we have to play, or the defenses we're playing against are slaughtering our asses. So when you think about like that, it, it makes it like... It adds the nuance. There's a lot of nuance to the whole drafting and building a team. Yeah, and plus, like, just coming out of college, going straight into NFL, like, 
that's a different world. The NFL is a different world from college with talent level and everything else. So it's it's a lot of expectations to come in and ex- to draft a quarterback and expect him to come in and make that team successful immediately. Right. Because it's like I, I think back to Aaron Rodgers when when he was drafted. You know, he sat behind Favre for three years. Yeah. Before he ever became a starter. Like, Favre left, you know, they, they said, you know, we're not signing a big-name quarterback. We're not drafting anybody. We're starting Rodgers. And everybody was like, oh, the Packers are going to go down. Well, yeah. Next year, Super Bowl champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Which is crazy, by the way. I mean, I mean, in my opinion, in my opinion, an ideal situation would be able to, I mean, and it's, you can't, you can't really predict it, to be honest, but an ideal situation would be, I mean, it just really boils down to scouts and coaches, but the ideal situation would be able to acquire this quarterback that can be built and molded to become the next star that you already have in that position. And uh, it makes me wonder, like in Aaron Rodgers' situation, like, do you feel like he would have been as successful if he would have been forced into a starting position immediately? I don't know. Because I don't really know much about what his college like, like what he, how he played in college. Um, I'm not that familiar with his college like years. Like I know he played at Cal, which wasn't a big football school. I mean, Drew Brees uh, apparently was only so good in college, and he apparently wasn't that good when he played for the Chargers, because they got rid of him. <laughs> you know, like they got rid of him, and he he has broken every record that there is that exists in. Uh, but somehow I don't really know how. What's crazy though, man, is like none of those players that's on that team. And I mean, I guess you could go back to I mean, in recent history, you know, I guess ten years ago they won the Super Bowl. Was it two thousand ten or two thousand eleven, or was it two thousand nine? When was it they won the Super Bowl? The Saints. So I think it was two thousand nine through two thousand ten season. Yeah, yeah. Well, whenever it was, I mean, it's like you think about it, it's like. I don't, I don't think we give enough credit. Well, I mean, Saints fans do, but like in general, I don't know if like the league gives enough credit to the Saints head coach Sean Payton. Because if you think about it, it's like New Orleans is New Orleans is kind of an oddity when it really when you think about teams that could be like successful. Like they 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 not historically a successful team. I mean, yes, they've been successful with Drew. They've been successful with you know the. Sean Payton, but it's like a lot of these players that we have and we get, they're not, they're not, they haven't been on the Saints for five or six years. You know what I'm saying? They haven't all been playing together for forever. But it's like when they get there, it's like a, it, they have a solid team every year. There's obviously some fucking weaknesses throughout it. Like <clears throat> Apple, if they want to fucking <clears throat> get rid of <clears throat> Apple, they should. They should get rid of fucking Apple. Does he even play for the fucking that team anymore? I, I don't know. Oh, I fucking hate this dude, man. Like, didn't they just sign him like a year or two ago? I th- maybe like three years ago. Or I'm really, He's they a got fucking a letdown. Because didn't the Giants cut him and then they picked him up? That should have been a sign there. It came from the the Giants. <laughs> you get cut. Yeah. <laughs> you get cut from the Giants. Yeah, come on. He did get cut, right? I'm trying to make sure. I don't know. Up. I don't remember. I don't know where he came from. I don't know why he's there, but I hate him. He is my least favorite player in the NFL. What about the guy that uh, missed that tackle in the Vikings game? 
That was him. Oh, that was him? If it wasn't, it was him. <laughs> if it wasn't, it was, was him. Like, I thought that was like some like unknown guy. Or not really unknown, but... I'm blaming him. He's unknown. He but you're just going to blame him for it. Even yes, it yeah, exactly. Like I, man, I'm telling you, any Saints fan will tell you that guy ain't shit. And, you know, to be fair, the guy probably has done some pretty awesome stuff. But you don't notice that. I've watched I watch a, a lot of Saints games, and that guy has let me down every time I've ever seen him. He he sucks. I can't stand him. But nonetheless, the Saints, they do have a good team. They get close to the playoffs, or they go to the playoffs every year. You know, for the past, you know, I want to say seven out of the past ten years. I mean, that's a lot. That's good. I mean, that's great. Especially because consistently people have trouble doing that. With the exception of, like, say, your Green Bays or your the Patriots or something like that. Well, you know, we did go through a little playoff drought for, like, before this last year. We didn't go for about three years. Which, I mean, you know, you had those times. I mean, but it's still, overall, if you look at... I mean, I always try to look at it with, with like, coaches or quarterbacks. Because the main reason why is because... Not specifically because your quarterback is the best quarterback in the world, but because, in most cases, if a quarterback is decent, then, as long as they're not the main problem, you know what I'm saying, then they'll stay as a starter. You know, they'll stay as, the more or less, the face of the franchise. I mean... Russell Wilson, that's the Seattle is Seattle's another team that always finds a way, yeah, you know, to and go. It's like Russell Wilson is kind of carrying that team. Yeah, I mean he is he is the uh, well he's a person who stays too. You know, like he stays when everybody gets leaves or something like that. It's like, but I mean they they won a Super Bowl, didn't they? They went twice in a row, and yeah. I'm pretty sure they won the first one, and then they lost the second one. I remember Green Bay put them out of the playoffs last year. Yeah, man, that's great. Yeah, I remember I was at Buffalo Wild Wings watching that game, and um, I don't know if you watched that game or not, but I can't remember. There was um, no, like, I remember. I remember looking on Twitter. Because I mean, people end. were like, "What?" <laughs> remember, like at the end of that game, like, uh, like what basically ended it was, you know, like Jimmy Graham picked up that first down, and there was like controversy. Did he actually cross the line? Did he not? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so like they showed it from all different angles, and you know they finally like, I think it was, I don't want to say universally agreed on, but there were enough angles that proved he got over it. But you know, I'm I'm in Buffalo Wild Wings, you know I'm. Yelling out all kind of profanities. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just like see some dude at the bar like turn around. I think he's drunk as no telling what. Yeah. He's like terrible call, terrible call. Yeah. He just like runs out the <laughs> runs out the door. <laughs> wow. And, like I'm just sitting there in my I'm like I've got my Rogers jersey on. Like I've got my jeans rolled up with Packers socks up. My... <laughs> it's like I'm really sorry you feel that way, buddy. <laughs> well, I've got my like jeans rolled up with like Packers socks up to my thighs. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. This is a total and complete random change of subject. But you, you know where I got that? Um, where did you get that? At that show that we were both at. No, oh, the show that we were both at, but we didn't know each other. Yeah, at the time. <laughs> it's pretty tight. I have a I have a big uh, a band that I really like, and I may have talked about it on here, or anybody who's listened to this probably already knows it. But a band I'm really into is a band called Under Oath. And me and Drew both went to the same concert on the same tour, and I got these. Uh, me and Brittany, my wife, I got us. Uh, Backstage pass, or I said I don't think they're called backstage passes anymore, but VIP whatever bundle, and it came with an under oath flag and like a vinyl cover thing. But uh, I got that flag up here in the back room, and it was just pretty ironic that you were at that show too. Uh, under oath and dance, Gavin dance. 
Who was the other man that was there? Something like the Putt knew or something like that? Nah, I don't think. Well, maybe it was. Because, but see, the thing about that, uh, the plot in you would be the name of the band that we're thinking of. I'm pretty sure that's who it was there. But then it was that other band that I can't remember their name, but they're really popular amongst scene kids. Crown the Empire. Crown the Empire, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think about they're it. Because I was good. like, I remembered that band, but I was like, you know, that doesn't fit that lineup that much. But then, yeah, that was the same. And the plot in you, they used to, they used to make a lot different music. Their music used to be a lot different than it, than it was when we saw them. Because, you know, it's just, like, really heavy, just drawn, like, like heavy, like, rock, you know. But they used to, I want to say that they used to make, like, more metal kind of music, which tends to be the trend. <laughs> you know, it's like people make really heavy shit, and then it turns into a little bit more singing, and then it turns into pretty just much all singing. <laughs> pretty much radio rock type stuff. Right. Which, which I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with. <laughs> I, I don't either, but it's just, like, it's as someone who's more of a, fan of that like heavier stuff yeah it's just it, it it's i guess it's kind of heartbreaking when you see like bands start putting that up but at the same time i understand bands evolve and grow when they're not making music for me particularly so right it was, I, I, <laughs> I, when i got older because i used to be super against that like i used to think that was the the that was like the fucking biggest you know uh mutiny ever you know like oh you fucking got to the top of the tower and you decided to bail on your fan base and, but then i realized when i got older i was like that's kind of selfish you know it's kind of selfish as, as a consumer to be like that because it's like look these guys do this for a living they dedicate all their time to t- traveling making music being a part of what they're doing so what do you want them to do? Cap out and just try to remake the same albums they made before? Or do you want them to evolve? But with that being said, you do have a band who got into the sweetest of sweet spots, and now they are on top of the tower, and they've been doing the same, uh, not the same album. Obviously, they continue to evolve, but Dance Gavin Dance is one of those bands because when I was young, a very young teenager, they were a band. They were in the circuit, you know, obviously our kind of music was not, uh, was not as big as it is now. You know what I'm saying? Like this, the whole genre and those subgenres are bigger as a whole than they used to be. But Dance Gavin Dance has been around since when I first got into do like into that kind of music that, you know, like I used to play and used to listen to and used to go to shows and... Now, for some reason, they have had a resurgence over the past, like, four or five years. They are on top of the fucking totem pole now. Like, they are one of the biggest bands in the underground scene, if you will. As far as, like, being a popular... You've got bands like Whitechapel, and you've got bands of that ilk that still make music, but they have, like, their fan base, and that's, you know... I've seen Whitechapel love a few times. Always a great experience. Yeah, I saw them once. I saw them one time. <laughs> they were on tour with the Devil Wears Prada and Maylene. Yeah. And Gwen Stacy. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They, so, they were only around for a little while. When I, when I saw them, they were on tour with the Black Dahlia Murder, Shadow of Intent. Oh, my God. That would have been a It was, like, Shadow tour. of Intent and, like, some other bands, like... I bet there was. I bet nobody in there was wearing a shirt with color on it. It was all black and white I, shirts. It was either. It was either all black shirts, all white shirts, or no shirts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the mosh was heavy. It's like, that so night. it's like, like I usually love like moshing, but I'm like this brings me to a story I saw. I'm like I'm sitting there like you know like examining the pit. You know, do I want to go in here? This looks pretty rough. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like I, I might be good on this. And it's like you know like I see a dude. Let's just, I see a dude just like 
walk to the edge of the pit and just like melee this dude that's just standing on the edge. I don't know, it's a, like it's like a little skinny skinny dude like yeah pops like this big like tall buffed up dude. I don't know how to, like, tall big dude. It's like dude, I shit you not. Like grabs that dude like Batista bombs him <laughs> in the middle of the pit and just like gets full mount and starts. Oh my god. Starts swinging and I'm like yeah dude go go you. Yeah. But then like security pulls him off and he's like. You know, I'll kill my friend in this place. And I'm scared. It's like, look, 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 bro, you gotta go. Yeah, hey man, you gotta roll, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. When I when I saw, you know, I don't. I want to put a pin in the the uh, dance cabin dance conversation. But I, when I saw Whitechapel live in, uh, I think we went and saw him in Memphis. That was that was the only time I actually got to see him. Uh, I've had my friends have gone to see him quite a few times, but the only time I ever actually got to see them was in uh, in Memphis. And at that show, you know, I was just telling you about. And that was the first time that I ever actually saw. This was, this was, I believe, maybe like, they were promoting This Is Exile, which was like their, their big album. You know, yeah, like, that was... that was like the first album on Metal Blade, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, and they were, they were fucking, you know, like, they were heavy as fuck. And I was like, man, why do they even need three guitarists? It's like, you know, and it's like, but no, what I was saying, that was the first time I had ever actually been exposed to a large crowd of people that were like, you know, dead ass, like hate moshing, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Like fucking everybody understands here that you're getting popped in the fucking face if you're standing by the pit or if you're in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, used to, you'd go to shows and it would be like two or three like outliers that are like those guys. And then you kind of more or less have the crowd that's like, hey man, fucking chill out. You know, like, but it's like, now mind you, if you're in the pit, anything goes. I've always kind of been that guy. If you get popped, if somebody purposely pops you, it is what it is. It's a weird thing, you know, but. To me, it's like. Kind of analyze like what kind of pit this is. Yeah. Because I always feel like different bands have different types of pits. Absolutely. Like you know, like I'm not gonna go into a pit at a not loose show and complain because I get popped. Right. Exactly. Now, if I go into the middle of a pit at a dance Gavin dance show and somebody punches me, I'm going to be like, Yeah. Bro, this is this is not punchy music. Yeah, especially if they're punching several people. You know, it's like, like if, like, dude, if you're if you are punching me in the middle of, I know you still care. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, you're just being a dickhead. At this yeah. Point. Yeah, it's like, you know, and, uh, and I was really young at that point in time whenever we went to that concert. So, of course, later on throughout my life and traveling and all the other big shows that I went to, that was a commonality. You know, that was pretty, pretty fucking common to experience all that stuff. But, I mean, you know, it also depends on the venue. You know, a lot of times, especially now, if you see those big bands, you're not really going to see that kind of, you know, you know, those, that kind of moshing or dancing, you know, because there's, it's going to be security. And security will barely let you have a pit, much less have people going around smacking the shit out of everybody on the side. Well, I guess it depends on if you're at a bigger venue. That's what I'm that, saying. Oh, okay. Like the big, the big venues, like you say, House of Blues, like you can't really do shit there. Like, and if they, if one person complains about you doing something, then it's gonna. Now, mind you, if you have the last band that's performing and everybody is going nuts, just fucking shit up, then there's only so much the security can do. I thought it was kind of funny because I went to um, see it was I think it was a day to remember. Yeah, I want to see a day to remember. It's not loose. It's another band that opened for them. Um, 
trying to think. Some, I think they were like a British band. I can't think of their name right now. But anyway, it's how not long a, ago was this? Um, I'd say last summer. Well, oh. not, not this past summer, but yeah, you know, I don't know. The summer before past. Um, I was about to say it could have been Inner but I think they're actually from like Australia or some shit. No, this <laughs> uh, this wasn't a heavy band. This was like a, I guess you would pop call, band, poppy guess, band. Um, they're. I'm not sure what you describe them as. I mean, they're definitely not metal, but they're not radio rock. They're just like more that like scene, yeah, type of rock. Um, <laughs> but, scene rock. <laughs> but like, um, I just remember like, Not Loose came on. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna go in this pit, and I'm gonna do some swirlies, yeah, and some and some spin kicks and things of that nature. And I got roughed up pretty bad. I was bruised pretty bad the next day. But like, I thought it was funny. Like, there's security there, but they're they're just like they're looking at the edge of the pit. And, um, somebody falls down. Hey, somebody get that dude up. Yeah. Hey, y'all pick him up, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's I always see. I was always more into that that was one good thing about like say like the punk scene back in the day now i'm not talking about like you know like the uh, local scene punks only you know elitist bullshit like that i mean like like uh like just in general like the punk rock scene was different 10 years ago especially throughout the country there's like one of those kind of things somebody gets knocked down like people like pick each other up and shit like that like that was something that was always cool everybody was embraced you know what i'm saying it wasn't like Hey man, my ears are fucking an inch and a half uh, wide. I don't look anyone in the eyes, and I just hate mosh. I just came here to hate mosh. Back in the day, now, I'm, t- I'm speaking of my personal experiences back in the day. Like the metal scene and the hardcore scene, like there was always these guys that were like, "I'm just here to fucking mosh," you know, and be a dickhead, you know, and always swinging close to the pit to the point where it's like making people back up, you know, and. Sometimes that's cool, but not when it's like you're swinging directly at people's faces. And you're making it seem like you're not doing it on purpose, but you are. You know, it's like, and you're trying, if you hit someone, you're going to purposely say, like, because I, I always liked to dance. When I was younger, I was, I was that guy. I'd get in every pit that I went to. But I was, and if I got hit in there, you know, there, if you're at a venue where it's like, it's almost exclusively hardcore bands and like fucking metal bands, like breakdown bands, and it's like constant fucking, you know, moshing and shit. Like, I don't know if you ever went to the Dark Room in Baton Rouge or the High Ground in uh, New Orleans. Those kind of venues, it's like, hey, man, you you know what you're getting into. And in my head, it's like, hey, I, I can respect that. If I get popped in the fucking head or in the back or something like that, I know what, what I'm doing. You know, it's like people should be aware of that. But when it comes to like, we would have shows at churches and stuff and there would be like these two or three guys three or four dudes that would be those assholes and it's like why are you being that asshole here it's like clearly you know enough about this culture and you've experienced enough in this culture to be able to get that shit out somewhere else you know what i'm saying like at a different show as opposed to the show where you're trying to pop youth group kids and then you're gonna say some shit like oh well you knew better you know you knew what this was it was a metal show so how does that go like how does a tour show at a church work (laughs) man we used to do it all the time i mean that was we used to do it all the time but versus then versus now there actually used to be a much bigger quantity of like christian bands i know that they still exist now but back in the day like a lot of bands were christian well see back back in the day um 
like most of your core sin, like your metal core and stuff like that, were Christian bands. That's true. Like I mean, so your August Burns Red, your Devil Wears Prada, yeah, stuff like that. Devil Wears Prada was one of the most influential bands of their early years too. But see, and you know, and they they've all kind of moved on from that label though. Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, Azalea Dying was a Christian band at one point in time too. <laughs> Under Oath was Our, a Christian band at one time. Different kind of band. They claimed to be a Christian band. Sure. Well, yeah, and they I mean, probably you, were when they started, well, but then they became adults and saw the world and felt different about well, it. Well, no, it's not saying that. I'm not I'm not saying that they weren't truly Christian. I'm saying like, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I read an interview where they basically had come out and said that they weren't, I mean, that they're all, they all have varying beliefs, but, you know, they never really were Christian. They just kind of, label themselves that to profit off of that market right yeah well and you know each band has a different story but and it's also i think that it all a lot of times it boils down to a lot of these guys were kids teenagers when they started their bands they all a lot of them went to church you know what i'm saying a lot of them a, a lot of people were they went to church because they were raised in church and or you know whatever it may be it's like well, we're going to start a band well we don't have anywhere to play so we want to play at church and we're a Christian band, so yeah, we're a Christian band. So they start out, and you know, before you even hear them, their lyrics probably were something that was poetically referring to something involving, you know, the Bible or a Christian-esque situation. You know, but then it turns into one of those kind of things, like, dude, I don't really care about this. You know, like this religion aspect of our music. You know, but I think that that is something that happened to a lot of bands. But you know, I was I was watching a YouTube video on that. Yeah, just talking about you know what happened to Christian core. Yeah, and it's like you know you notice all of these bands were young, and um, it's not to say religious people are just young and naive or anything, but it's like, you know, that's just what that they were Christian at the time they started the band. But you know, a lot of times people grow up and find different belief systems and whatnot, and you know some of the guys on the band may still very well be Christian, but like they some of the members have also grown out, found another belief system. Right. And, you know. Or lack so, thereof, you know, so, you know. Like, hey, I just don't believe this, I don't know what I believe, yeah. but, you know, and, I mean, because I, me personally, I mean, a little bit of transparency, like, I mean, all the bands that I've ever played in, every band I've ever played in was a, uh, quote-unquote, Christian band, and, but at the time, I mean, even, I would even say, even now, my core belief system, with the exception of, like, the, uh, the pinnacle of like, you know, oh, well, this is how the earth came to be, and this is who, you know, Jesus, this, and that, all that stuff is the main thing that I might would have a discrepancy with. I wouldn't refer to myself as a Christian, but my core beliefs in mor morality is based off of Christianity. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's like, it's one of those kind of things where if I, if I was to, be, to refer to myself as a Christian, it would do nothing but confuse people, and it would... Uh, probably make a really bad name for christianity you know what i'm saying so like, you, you don't you don't feel like you um, you would be a good role model for christianity or you know you just don't i think that at i think that christianity at its core is a is an amazing perfect is a great thing especially if you're looking at it for the sake of like the bible being a if you look at the bible as something to uh like aspire to live by it's a great it's a great model for success to be a great per, a good person in life you know what I'm saying in my opinion but in the same breath look I don't live my life by a like a textbook Christian you know what I'm saying right, so yeah, it's I like saying. And, and, and I don't I also kind of have a little bit of uh, transparency issues with the whole 
you know, Jesus being the savior of the, the world and all that other stuff. I'm not saying it's not true, but I also don't entirely believe that that's the, I don't think that's the end all be all, if that makes sense. With that being said, I also don't have any problem with anything that people believe. You know, like that's like always been my thing. There was a reason why I was bringing that up. But I think what it was was I was saying at the core of Christianity, I think that it's a great thing. But I also, uh, I can can see where a lot of people would get to a point where they may have started out as like, oh, yeah, we're a Christian band because four of us are Christians and the other one doesn't really care. And then when they got older, you know, there's one of them that's a Christian and the rest of them are like, man... There's a lot of other shit going on in the world, you know, to look at. And Under Oath is one of those bands that did a complete 180 on that. Yeah, yeah. Something that bothered me so much was how much they, uh, they seemed like they kind of like just like shitted on that whole community. Like that was something that I was like, man, come on now. Like they're the only reason. I'm not saying that they owe them anything. You know what I'm saying? But it's like they kind of like shit on Christians like publicly. And it's like, dude, not everybody that's a Christian is like. You know your fucking enemy. You know See, I, I didn't really get that. Like at least not from the interview I watched on it. I, I was just. I think Spencer was saying that you know when he was going through drug problems and you know and he was an addict that the people kind of wrote him off. Well, the the people in his life that was reaching out a hand to help him and encourage him to get the help he needed were not the Christians in his life. Right. Which I think you know if you're truly living. If, like, if you want to truly live like Christ, like, you should be the lending out of hand. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's why some people, you know, get turned away or whatever yeah. the case may be. Well, something that's a, a very interesting parallel, something that's a very interesting parallel to current day events, you know, everybody's like, man, fuck the police. You know, fuck the police because blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, people are like, well, you would, you know, what what makes them different? Well, you know, people get killed every day. People kill, but it's like, but... You hold police at a higher standard, like we would hold Christians at a higher standard. So when Christians, I mean, the reason why they point out a, a substantial amount of hypocrisy towards Christians are, you always hear the word hypocrisy, hypocrites. You're hypocrite. Christians are hypocrites. You know, it's like they're hypocrites because they do this and they do that. Now, if you're indoctrinated or you are aware of the doctrine of Christianity, it's very apparent that none of us are perfect. You know what I'm saying? It's like no, nobody's perfect. Nobody is, but you, you know, you, you talk to God or you talk to Jesus or if you're Catholic, you talk to your priest. You know, whatever. The goal is to, you know, try to do better tomorrow than you did today, and and that's why the only reason I said about cops is because you hold them to a higher standard. Yeah. That you expect you, we expect you to be the if you're the one enforcing the law. If you're the one preaching the word, then you should be the one practicing. And you know that's actually like the cop thing. Like, that is a separate topic that I could do an entire podcast. Well, yeah, on. no, sure. I'm <laughs> just I'm just saying that as a, a reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> point of reference that you know is a relevant reference. But it, to me, it seems like that that would be that's the thing. And then so say when you have a Christian band like Gideon, they were a Christian band, and then they a couple of years ago they more or less was like, hey, look. You know, we we're not we're not at all in any problem or anything about Christianity, but we don't want to be looked at as a Christian band and anymore. You know, that kind of I mean, this is kind of going on a completely different genre. It kind of reminds me of one of my favorite rappers, NF. Yeah, like dude's Christian like through and through. Mm-hmm. But it's like he has a problem with that label of Christian rapper. 
because he states that you know that I mean while he might reference his faith and his music sometimes yeah it's like you know his things you know I make music for everybody no matter what your belief system is like you know I shouldn't I shouldn't have to be putting out 100% gospel rap all the time right to be considered a Christian or you know absolutely which which is I mean that's respectable too I mean you know like the thing that I, I mean me personally something that bothers me about that i think that christian artists as a whole they can't they have a cap you know they have a there's a ceiling on being a christian artist and it almost kind of bothers me sometimes when an artist will get to that that ceiling and they're beating on that ceiling and then after they realize they can't get past that ceiling then they're like hey look i don't i don't want you to look at me as a christian artist you know so I can move to the next level, you know. Yeah, but in the same breath, it's like, how mad can you be, really? See, and it's like, and it's like, no disrespect, but it's like, if you're trying to make it as an artist, it's like, you're, you're not gonna make a lot of money when the only place your album's being sold is in Lifeway. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's I mean, just which the fact. It, times are different now. I mean, you can stream music, but, but if if you have Christian rap, uh, using him as reference, if you have Christian rap or Christian metal or Christian punk or whatever next to your name. You have an entire, you have more of a demographic of people that will not listen to you than you already have listening to you, even if you've got to that ceiling. Because there's a lot of people who, even if you have fucking talent beyond this world and you have, you know, non-fucking, you know, even if you have, like, a message that's not just for Bible thumpers, if you will. Hey, we had a uh, technical difficulty there. Not really. We just pressed pause and completely forgot what the fuck we were talking about when we came back. Uh, yeah. So I was thinking. I wanna. I wanna. Uh, what do you think? Who do you think is gonna win the election? Okay, <laughs> that's a big one there. That is a big one there. And I have been keeping this to myself. But I'm gonna throw it out there. I think Joe Biden is winning this election. You think so? I do. One hundred percent. Okay, I mean, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to get down to the nitty gritty. Hey, we can get down to the nitty gritty because I've been, I've been waiting to expose this somewhere. So, I was just thinking to myself, and when I was in there taking a piss and grabbing myself another cold brewski, I was thinking, you know, we haven't talked about politics at all this podcast, which is great. I'm sure that most people who are listening to this are like, oh, finally, Shane, <laughs> Shane has a guest. He's not talking about the same old shit anymore. But guess what? Now we're talking about the same old shit. Not yeah. really. It's not because we have a different point of view. And something I love to be able to do is have conversations with people about these kind of things. I mean, I don't really like to argue with people about it, which sounds kind of shitty. But I just don't like getting into heated debates online with people about it. I don't think me and you are going to argue about anything. Oh, no. I'm just saying. Because I, I, I'm going to tell you why I'm not going to get an argument about this. It's like... I'm looking at things from a purely unbiased perspective, looking at data and analysis. So, right. I have a, I probably have a little bit more of like a, a nihilistic way of look, of looking at it. Not to be that guy. I mean, I personally, I personally think that Donald Trump's going to win. Not, I do not want Donald Trump to win. Oh, no, but I, I also you. don't want Donald Trump, and I do not like Joe Biden. I really don't like Donald Trump. So if that puts it into perspective, you know, like... Yeah, I'm at about the same um, place you are. I was like, I'm not a Biden fan, but at the same time, it's like... 
I see all these things that Trump says all the time. It's like the dude is always wilding out. Yeah. It's like something new every day. By design, yeah. Like by des- whether it's by design or him just being stupid, I I don't know. I mean, I'm sorry, I just publicly called the president of the United States stupid, but <laughs> well, dude, I've said some pretty crazy shit on here. I think I asked I think I asked George Soros to hire me one time on oh, the podcast. So oh, oh, so you're an undercover Antifa rioter. <laughs> undercover, yes. So how how does how much does that pay? <laughs> oh my god, okay, before we go too much further in this, I want to tell you about uh, I saw a friend of mine that lives in about an hour and a half away from Chicago. He posted something. He's, you know, he is openly Antifa. But he he posted something the other day. He's like, "Hey guys, do y'all know when these uh when these George Soros checks are supposed to come in?" <laughs> of course, every all of his friends ate it up. And it was funny, you know. And everybody was like, "Oh shit, I didn't know we were supposed to be getting paid." And then somebody was like, "What the fuck, we're getting paid?" <laughs> you know, like and these coming from I don't think that he is like a uh, a rioter, if you will. But I, I would imagine. I mean, not not a rioter, but you know, I would imagine he's been involved in the demonstrations. And absolutely. Like his well, his and more power to him. Right. His conversation, his conversation is, uh, you know, Antifa is not a group, you know, Antifa is not a group, it's a, uh, it's a belief system, anti-fascist, you know, what Antifa stands for, which I understand, but I'm just, I don't necessarily think that Antifa is not a group at this point, but I'm just saying, I also understand the concept of anti-fascism, and I respect that, and that's, I'm with that. I would say, like, I would say that I'm Antifa, not not a member of the group. Yeah. Everybody out there before y'all well, start I mean, thinking I'm coming to burn down your shit and everything else. Right. Well, but I mean, I would say that my core beliefs is like I and I'm very much against fascism. Right. So I guess you could consider me Antifa in that sense. Right. Exactly. No, I, I agree. I mean, for at at its core, just like everything else, at its core, it is not just like everything else, but just like what we were talking about earlier. It's like at its core. Antifa is a is a great concept. Well, who the fuck should who the fuck is for fascism? You know, only the fascist, I guess. But yeah. but then again, I would say that people that are for fascism would probably not openly say, "Hey, I'm for fascism." Well, it's not exactly a safe space right now. Yeah. For, but we do live in America, so it's, I'm just at this in this climate, it wouldn't be you wouldn't be the first guy to post on Facebook. Yes, <laughs> yes, I am pro fascist. Sign me up. Yeah, I mean. You've got the alt right out there that are pretty open about things, and you have the radical left. Yeah, <laughs> there's people literally on Twitter as we speak talking about killing cops. It's that's an interesting climate we're in for sure. Yeah, I to mean, say the least. I mean, to say the very least. Something I do want to say, going back to what we were talking about. Oh. Anyway, he made that status. A bunch of people comment on there. I ended up posting a uh, a gif of Alex Jones because it was all these people, like commenting all this stuff, playing along with his joke or whatever, or playing along with what he said about the George Soros checks. And uh, I posted one. It's Alex. It's a gif of Alex Jones like ripping his shirt off and taking around, running around in his studio or whatever. <laughs> and I was like me looking at these comments, <laughs> and it was just really funny. I had a bunch of people liked it or whatever, but. Uh, but no, you said that about the president being a dumbass, and I said it's okay because I said I wanted George Soros to hire me. But I mean, I feel like, I mean, if we can't insult the president, is this not America? Like it is a free country. I mean, let's be honest. How who how many how much how many stories have you heard of people normal everyday people like me and you 
saying something about the president and getting in trouble. Like, it doesn't happen like, that often. I mean, like, I mean, I'm not making any threats. I'm just... Yeah, no. Like, I mean, I, mean, you, I you had... You call him a dipshit. It doesn't mean you're like, I mean, oh, like, I'm going to hunt I mean, him down. I mean, like, I mean, I had critiques against Obama. I had critiques against Bush. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean... I mean granted, I was a child when Bush was in there, so... Yeah. Let's see. How uh, old are you? I'm 23. 23. Cool. I'm. When's your birthday? November the 4th, the day after the election. Oh, yeah, you were talking about that on Facebook. <laughs> Man, my birthday is coming up, too, real soon. Uh, today's the 4th, so my birthday is in 24 days. It will be my golden birthday. I'll be 28. 28. Yes. It's pretty lit. But, no, I... You know, this whole cognitive decline thing going on with uh, Joe Biden, I don't think that's the end-all, be-all. I'm not that kind of person. Because to me, that kind of stuff seems petty. It's like, dude, it's not like it's one guy that actually runs the country. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get what people are saying, but it's like you've got cognitive... Let's just say if we're talking about the petty arguments. You've got the guy who is old and decrepit, who is probably just really uh, bad at speaking on camera. Well, see, I would... um... Not to cut you off. No, you could. Like, go ahead. I would like. They've argue heard that, enough of me. I promise. <laughs> but um, I I would argue that like you know, I was kind of buying into like the fact that you know maybe Joe Biden's not there because he makes a lot of blunders and stuff. But I actually like I found something out about him recently that kind of explains why he has a hard time speaking and why he stops and stuff. I actually didn't know that he has a stuttering problem and has to stop mid speech to keep from getting caught up sometimes. I mean, it, that would make sense because it, a lot of times whenever he does. Whenever he does, you know, have, like, the little spells, like, when the things that they fucking zoom in on and point out and whatever, it's usually because in the midst of him, like, getting caught up with talking too, too much. Like, he's saying too much shit, and he has to, like, reset. Yeah, he, he actually, like, he has a stuttering problem. Because, like, they had a 13-year-old boy at the DNC that come on and was, like, um... Oh, yeah, I saw about that. How and he was, like, he, 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 he had a stuttering problem. Yeah. I... I it sounds like I'm making fun of him. I wasn't making fun of him. I was just saying because he, that was the thing or whatever. He had like a stuttering problem. Yeah, and, and it's like, like, Joe I mean, like honestly, like you know, Democrat, Republican, you know, whatever. I just thought that was a heartwarming story. Like, yeah. Like I was, I was like, oh, you know, that's nice. And I'm like, wait a second, like I'm, I'm actually like in this particular moment, I'm warming up to Joe Biden in this particular moment. Right. I mean, not to say I like him as a candidate, but I'm like, you know, like maybe he's, maybe he's not. Uh, um. Just a old cognitive declining fart. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, it, and that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not. But in the same breath, it's like, how much more cognitive declining is he than Trump? I mean, I feel like Trump probably has more stress on him right now than he or in this four years of his life than he ever has in his entire life. I don't think he's ever been as stressed out as he has been in the past four years. Which, I mean, given he's the president, you could say that about anyone. But it's like, I'm just saying, like, I I cannot fucking stand Donald Trump. Like, I can't either because it's like, I, I remember a time where it's like, yeah, like, maybe you have a president in there. And, like, I don't agree with his viewpoints. Maybe I think his policies are apparent. But I would at least somewhat think that the person behind the position was somewhat decent. And I just don't see that. Yeah, he just seems so shitty. It's it's, it's like, he's so narcissistic. It's like everything is about him. Like, everything. And he makes it so clear. And, you know, that's what what I was going to say earlier was, you know, every day 
you hear something or see something. It might not be the biggest story you've heard all week or all month, but you hear something and see something every day about Donald Trump. And I think that's why I say I think that that's by design, because as long as you're talking about Trump being pompous, you're not talking about policies. You're not talking about you're not that's less screen time for the opposing person. And it's like no matter what. It's free promo. Like people, that's you know that's why they stopped doing the. Uh, at first, they stopped airing the uh, those coronavirus uh, updates that he was doing every day. Like when he was first doing them, and, and CNN and all every or everybody was showing them. There was like a press briefing. CNN and CNN and like MSNBC or somebody they stopped doing them. They stopped showing them because he would. They said it was because he would get cocky and be a dickhead with their reporters asking questions and stuff like that. But in reality, I think it was because they realized that they literally are giving him because he'll say oh. something, he'll say something and they literally will talk about that what he said at those press briefings until the next press briefing. And it's like and another problem with first briefings was like they would like instead of getting directly to the information we need going about our day, it would be like an hour of Trump just rambling. Yeah. Every day about God knows what, about hey, is there a way that we can uh, we can stick the light into the body and inject the bleach? <laughs> yeah, and it's like that kind of stuff. Like, and the the light. Well, it, I think about some of those things. And it's like what you're having right now is a conversation that is a con actually a pretty constructive conversation because you're trying to figure something out. Why the fuck are you having it on TV? Like, yeah, that's like, my yeah, thing. Like, like, you need to well, have that conversation and, when you get off stage. And, you know, like, some people made the point, and, like, I'm by no means a medical expert, of, like, you know, there is, you know, something called UV therapy that they do with light. And I'm like, sure. I'm like, yeah, sure. But, like, I highly doubt that's what he was referring to in that moment. Like, yeah, it's like he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Like, like I mean, like, I get, like, if you want to ask a dumb question, ask a dumb question, but, like, don't, like, it no. might be a constructive question just to rule some of these things out, but, like, why, why, why are you asking that, like, on national TV? Yeah, like, see, that's what I'm saying. That's why I say it's like, that is a constructive, creative conversation to have. It's like, and even the th the dumbass shit he said about the bleach or the uh, Lysol or whatever, like, you know, <laughs> and it's like, bro, like, that, if you're, you're having a brainstorming session, that's fine, especially if you're the fucking commander in chief. You know what I'm saying? It's great that you're trying to toss out ideas, especially if no one's briefed you on this, but why the fuck is your dumbass, your dumbass, having this conversation on television? And then it's like, not too long after that, you saw an uptick in people injecting Yeah, uh, like, like crazy <laughs> shit. People are like, oh man, we sold out a Lysol for the seventh well, time see, this week. And it's like, I'm not trying to exaggerate, but it's like, Trump has, like, I'm not saying every single person that supports Trump is like this, but he has, like, there's a section, I would say a large section of his base that is almost cult-like, that will do and go along with anything that he says. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, that dude could be like, hey, jump off that bridge if you love America. And I'm like, well, you know, we're patriots, so let's let's go. You want to know, you want to get into a little bit of a, a conspiracy talk? Sure. Why not? Uh... There is a school of thought that thinks that Q, Q onion, but Q we'll call it Q for short. Q onion. Q onion. <laughs> Q onion. Yeah, exactly. Q onion is what it should be called. No, but their goal is to actually infiltrate the minds of all the Trump supporters. Which, because that 
the Q movement is a lot more right leaning and right m- mindset. Well, I, I, I would go as far as to call them completely alt right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, but like they are, they are, uh, uh, they are getting into the minds, and they're successfully doing it. I mean, it's a successful thing. People are getting to the point now where they're listening to more Q rhetoric. They're listening to more Q rhetoric than they are uh, Trump. Because, you know, a lot of people that that like Trump, they, uh, sorry guys, I'm sending a text message. They, uh, they just, they, at this point, they, if there was somebody who, who fit their values and was still tough, you know, and strong or whatever, and it wasn't Trump, they would go to that person in a heartbeat. Well, see, like, their thing is, like, from what I understand, like, don't they believe that, like, Trump is, like, this, um, secret operative to break up this child sex trafficking ring that is going on everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, their, their, their whole goal is to... Which is great. I mean, in theory. But this is my thing, though. Go ahead. I, 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 am, I am having a bit of an issue here. Oh, no. Uh, I, think that, I think that what is... This is, goes to what I was saying, though. You know, they're bringing up the whole, the whole sex trafficking thing. They're making it a big deal. And Q, Q has even said to his people, just... Trust the pro- trust the plan. Trust the plan. There's a school of thought that believes that at some point in the next 60 days, Q is going to drop something about Donald Trump. They're going to drop something about Donald Trump, undeniable evidence that is negative about him, that is undeniable to their listener base or their viewer base or their cult base that is going to turn them against Trump. So... No matter what, no matter what Joe Biden does, no matter what Kamala Harris does, all of these people are either going to not vote for Trump and not vote at all, or they're going to go from Trump and vote for Biden. Because see, would they go over to Biden since Biden is apparently in this sex trafficking ring too? But, but the thing is, is if the, the like I said, this is a, this is a, a theory. This is not this is not entirely just me. I mean, this is something that makes a lot of sense to me, but this is something that I have seen. They believe that Q could very well possibly be being ran by or, you know, distributed by someone from the left. Or maybe not necessarily the left. It could be somebody from a different country. It could be any kind of entity, but somebody who doesn't have Donald Trump's best interests. But they're going to wait until they get as as close as they can to the election with the most possible attention and the most possible like uh, acceptance and people believing Q and being like you know what I'm saying. Like they're they're most people possible to be invested into Q, and then they're going to drop the bomb to flip the switch on Donald Trump right before the election. So people do not have enough time to do enough research to see if they're full of shit or not, which they might not be full of shit. They could have something, if this even happens, they could have something that could be valuable. We've heard all the same theories, the same things we've heard about Bill Clinton, heard about Bill Clinton. We've heard the same exact thing about Donald Trump. We just have less proof. But it's like, I don't know, it's like... 
the things about Trump that get put out there is they're all it's like they seem to just overlook those things in a way. Like, well, yeah, they definitely overlook them. But if I'm going to be fair, I overlook the shit that they say about. I overlooked the shit they said about Bill Clinton until they had proof. It's like, because right. if you don't have proof, what's the point in me dwelling on it? You know, like, we dwell and we dwell and we dwell about all these things, about these celebrities. The Tom Hanks thing. What what do we really have of proof of Tom Hanks? Well, see, it's like they say, well, he's on Epstein's fight log. And I'm like, okay. But then I also saw another post debunking the fact that he's on Epstein's fight log. Yeah. So it's like, how do you trust any proof that comes out? Yeah, they, oh. said, they said Beyonce and fucking Obama and all these other people. Like, if... If all of the people that they say are in on this whole fucking grand conspiracy of sex trafficking, and I'm not saying that it's not a big deal. I'm not discrediting the sex trafficking thing or and celebrities being into it and the occult and all those. I'm not entire, I'm not discrediting any of that. I'm just saying if all of these people that they say are actually involved with this type of shit, then we're living in a simulation. None of this shit is real. Like, because that is fucking insane. That would mean that every well, single see, person that ever got famous knew about this. And or, kept and was able to keep you it know under what I'm wraps. Like, to me, that, like, to me, that's one thing that I think is crazy when you hear people talk about the Illuminati. It's like, how the fuck can all these people just be that quiet about this? And don't, see, and here's, like, my problem. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love conspiracy theories. And, like, I love, um... The concept of the Illuminati, I think... I'm not, I'm not saying I think the Illuminati is cool. Yeah. But it's like, I like researching on these kind of things, but I just don't 100% believe them all. I just find... I just find... I just find it interesting to look at. Right, right. But it's like, you get people that are interested in looking at it, and then all of a sudden, it's... Yeah. It's like a... It's like a rabbit hole they go down and never come back out of. Yeah. I mean, clearly, clearly, I mean, I could go on for forever and ever and ever. We'll probably wrap up the podcast soon, but I could go on forever about how the secret societies and, and you know, all these different things and these theories about these celebrities and the politicians. But these theories and these, you know, uh, accusations, and I know there's merit to some of it. These accusations of the occult and like blood sacrifices and all this other stuff. Eating adrenochrome. Yeah, it's like all that stuff. I'm sure at some some juncture there's merit to that. But to the extent that we hear about it and we see and to think that there's this crazy global plot, it's like you I'm not I would really they've talked about that stuff since way before we were born. I'm there's, not I'm not saying that there could not have been someone powerful enough influence that participated in something wild and outlandish like that, but do I believe that everybody they said is in on this big global brink? No, I, yeah. I don't. And I will throw that out there that I don't. I mean, that's just. And it makes you. It makes me curious. I think to myself, it's like, what is it? What is it that people think that happens when you reach a certain, when you reach a, the next tier or a certain tier of celebrity? Or financial, uh, like substantiality. Like, what is it that ma- what a ma- makes you want to fuck and kill kids? So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, where does that come from? Well, I mean, they claim it's Satanism and all this other stuff. But let, let me ask you a question. Like, do you think that it would be possible for like me or you, like, if we really wanted to, to go on the deep web under an anonymous identity and start our own Q-like movement and just manipulate people like this is going on? I definitely know for a fact that if you wanted to manipulate people, 
under a, an anonymous alias that you can do that. Because I really think that's a lot of what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know that that's very well possible. Because what's crazy is a motherfucker will listen to somebody that they can't see their face way easier than they can if they well, can see, see their face. And it's like, you know, they drop these, these proof and documents. And it's like, if you have any questions about it, it's like, well, you know, how do I know this document or this email from Hillary Clinton talking about eating a baby is legitimate? How do I know you didn't just whip this up and drop this out here? Yeah. It's like, well, you're a sheep and you're okay with sex trafficking. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm not okay with sex trafficking, you idiot. Like, <laughs> it's like I'm not into, the, I'm not okay with that at all. But it's like, but you know, just because. I don't think some anonymous dude or anonymous group of dudes or whatever they got going, just because I don't believe something that they dropped out there on the deep web is legitimate, that does not mean I'm okay with sex trafficking. And that's what's going on, though. Right. It's like that is getting so intertwined. It's like if you're not QAnon, then you are okay with these things. Well, you know what's, what's nuts about that? That same tactic is the same tactic that BLM uses. I mean, I'm, because it's like if you're not okay with riots and shit burning down, and the, you know the these people getting desecrated and this, that, and the third. Which I mean, a lot of a lot of the stuff I'm okay with. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like a lot of the things is like if you if you question something, then that means that you are inherently racist and fuck you. Well, I, I wouldn't say that that's BLM entirely. It's not. It's not entirely. I'm just saying that that is be, that is being used. It's the same thing. This. I wouldn't say that that is the mindset of the overall movement, though. No, no, no. I, and I don't. Th I don't think that every single individual that is involved with the Q movement. Obviously, they're both for two different purposes. But this, with the sex trafficking, sex trafficking is attached to the Q movement. And it's like if you question one thing that the Q movement does, there's a percentage of people who would refer, oh, well, you clearly have a problem with sex trafficking. There's a percentage of BLM. Is what You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm not saying that everybody that is at, like, like to come full circle at its core – it's a great it's a great thing all both of the things the concepts and the, the the things that they're the rhetoric they're putting out at its con at its core the core concept black lives matter absolutely uh we need to stop sex trafficking and corruption in our government absolutely absolutely that's a hundred percent all of that shit is, is true and the vast majority of the uh the, the grids that come off of those two initial things are good things as well. But it's like once you start getting deep into the weeds is when it starts being like, Ooh. whoa, like radicalism. Like these are these things are these things are very easy to create radicalist out of outside out of them. Like they, they churn out radicalists and when the radicalists come out, that's when you have the people that are like, Well if you don't think this then you clearly want to fuck kids. You know, like you know, like that's like how kind of to, to your point earlier. Sorry yeah. for going on a tangent there but i got you and i think when it all boils down to it something i talked about on a previous podcast is you don't what are, the problem and the issue is not there's something bigger at play than the movements themselves the movements themselves are are you know they're they're catalyst but there's something bigger at play not not to feed the conspiracy, but there are things that work beyond where me and you can actually just see and comprehend. Right. Like, there's people playing... There's somebody and there's people who are playing 4D chess with BLM and the Q movement, if you really want to be honest. It's like, there's there's there are people with hidden agendas 
BLM at its core and at its foundation was not that. But there was someone who was playing 4D chess who is now using BLM as a catalyst. Which is unfortunate for them because you have a huge population of people who are like, hey man, we really just want to fucking defend black people. You know, treat them equally. We want them to have the same opportunity as us. Fucking awesome. That's exactly what humans should be fucking doing. And hey man, there's people kidnapping kids and selling them to people. You know, and they're doing it all over the world. Yeah, you should be fucking speaking out and standing up against that. Those are all great things. But there are people who are using them as catalysts for to for whatever purpose, you know, to Do you ever see the movie Toy Soldiers? I don't believe so. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's very <laughs> random. They got these toys. Nobody wanted them. So what they did with them was they put computer chips inside of them. The t they put the computer chips inside of them, and they ended up being, like, pretty much autonomous. And the toy soldiers ended up taking over this neighborhood. Shit, it was crazy. They were toys. They were toys. It was nuts. But that's pretty much... These are the catalysts to the toy soldiers, and the toy soldiers being the people who are... The Facebook warriors who were like, Yes, we got to save the children. You know, we got to save the children. we got to save the children. And, like, at its core, like, yeah, I do agree. Like, save the children. But it's like, in a way, it's like Save Our Children and QAnon has kind of like started like wrapping together, and I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, it's because it's weird. It could, because QAnon is using sex trafficking and the abuse of children, or and people, I mean, and adults, whatever. But children, it tugs on everyone's heartstrings as their that's their their seed. You know what I'm saying? It's like this is how we package it, and then when once. It's like I give you an M&M. You're like, well, fuck, it's an M&M. Let me eat it. Thank you. Appreciate it. But it's not a peanut butter M&M. It's not a peanut M&M. It's not a regular chocolate. It's a fucking cyanide M&M. I mean, you know, whatever to each his own, yin-yang. But inside of what's underneath the, the thin veneer of casing of chocolate, that's, that's what does the most damage or does the most, you know, has the most effect on you, if you will. I get worked up about it I, because I spend so much time thinking about both of them, and I, I don't. I try not to think. I'm emotional about all of it, but I try not to be so passionate about either one of them emotionally because I have seen people utilize. I mean, people said that going back hundreds of years, Catholicism was the cat was the catalyst to control people. People used religion and they used fear to control people. I'm not this that's not to take a shot at anything involving religion or Catholics or anything. I'm just saying, back there in the Roman days and you know, the Greeks and da da da, da they you they Catholics were the ones that got it down pat as far as being able to use their religion to govern people. And I mean, you know, obviously years change, centuries change, governments get toppled over. This is the kind of shit, what's going on right now is the most modern version of how governments and how a society gets depleted. What we are living through and what we are witnessing is, is exactly the modern version of that. The only thing that is different about it, or the main thing that is different about it for the positive aspect of it is we have access as individuals and as a society all across this country and all across this world we have access to information to not be completely fucking dumbfounded or ignorant when something comes along that is affecting us or brainwashing us or whatever if you will right 
I digress. I don't remember where this conversation started. Well, but... we, we, we started out talking about who's winning the election, and then we kind of... And then it got to Q and Biden, and I don't know. I definitely We definitely need to do another uh, podcast together before uh, before the election. Yeah, I, I would like to do a podcast that's more focused on election analysis, because I do think I have some things I can bring. That would be good. We can do one in the next couple of weeks. That'd yeah. be fun. And yeah, then I can good. do a little bit more preparing, so we can kind of stay on topic for like yeah, a whole hour we, or something. because we rambled about a lot of different things. <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm sure... Like, we touched a lot of things on the surface. But yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. If you get the... If you get the... If you've ever heard the podcast, and I'm sure a few of the con- consistent listeners that I have probably know that I I kind of do go topic to topic, but I do like when I can when we can get honed in on something too. So, yeah. uh, but this was a good episode. I enjoyed this. This was nice, Drew. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. I uh, I'm glad you came. Uh, do you, you tell these people your social media handles? Um, if you want them to add you, <laughs> I don't know what my social media. I actually don't is. know what my social media. I only know mine because I've had it for so long. Um, I will say, you know, it's just Drew Reagan on Facebook. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just look me up. Like, I don't have a special page name. Um, I am going to plug my YouTube channel. Do it, dude. So y'all can look at my my two rap songs I made several months ago. (laughs) Oh, shit, man. Drew is a rapper, too, man. Drew raps. He makes music. Um. My YouTube channel is Real Drew Reagan. You know, I've got two tracks of Hot Fire on there. So, <laughs> if y'all want to go check me out, see me lay down some bars, that's where you can find that. Um, but that's all for me. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, don't forget, um, tomorrow, and I think I'm going to extend it to Monday, but that's the last days that the store will be open. I am currently selling shirts and bandanas to raise money to create 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 i'm building a project um of music a body of work and a documentary that i'm really excited about giving to you guys and i'm really looking forward to it and i can't wait to talk to y'all tomorrow about it because i'm going to go live on facebook tomorrow night tomorrow night tomorrow night tomorrow i might know i am thank you so much for Sounded like some shit was blowing up out there. It sounded like gunshots out there. Uh, organic Poison, Shane O, Sickest in the South, Drew Reagan. Uh, hang on, let me unlock my phone so I can turn this bitch off. Thank you so much, Sickest in the South, Organic Poison, your mama's a hoe.